Hi guys, I'm Toby. I'm one of the school Hi, leaders here. <laughs> um, and you know, last week we got to hear from Austin's mom. So this week you're gonna hear from my mom. Uh, this is Miss Elizabeth Fan. Um, and yeah, we're just really excited to have her here. She has a really cool story to tell. So listen up um, and be sure to ask questions for the end. Give it up for my mom. Well, thank you for having me this evening. Um, this is great to see all of you out there, and um, it's a great weather. I think, um, you know, summer is a great time. There's always cool things to do. I heard there's a camp coming. How, can I see the raise of hands of folks that are going to be going to camp? Oh, wow, that's amazing. I can remember Tovi and Tafey back in middle school and high school. Um, they had those summer camp dates memorized. And our family events during the summer would be kind of tailored around those dates. So if you're parents and you're here, you could probably relate to that. And so there are dates that are important to all of us. And uh, I'm here to share with you two dates that are very important to me and how God shaped my life. Um, first is um, April 30th, 1975. Do we have any historians out there? Any idea of why that date is so important? Well, let me give you a hint. Starts with country by the name of Vietnam. So in 1975, on April 30th, if you could, you could imagine, this is a date that changed my family's entire life and millions of Vietnam across the country. And if you could picture bombs throughout, you could hear it. You could hear gunfires. And on that day, if you had the TV on or if you were anywhere near the embassy, you would see civilians trying to climb through the embassy gates to get in, trying to climb through to cling to any airplane that they could see for their last hope of getting out of the country. Why? What are they searching for? It was that day and months after you would start to see Vietnam, people in Vietnam flee their country by boat. The survival rate is about 50-50%. And why did do it? Well, our family braved the waters to come here to this country, or at least leave Vietnam, for the freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and education. Can you imagine not having a choice to come and sit here today? Can you imagine not having the opportunity to speak your mind and share your point of views? Can you imagine not having the opportunity to go to school? I know some of you would probably be like, yes, right? But education is only for ruling party. 
So we left Vietnam by boat. Spent about 10 days out in sea. We landed in an island called Indonesia. And there we spent 10, 10 months there in the refugee camps. Until we were sponsored by a family here by the name of Craig. Alderwood Community Church when that church there was just a barn. Through the partnership of World Relief, we came to this church. The second date that's very important to me is March 25th, 1980. My brother was very sick that day. And that evening, my parents took him to the hospital. My older sister and I, Caroline, we were left at home to watch our three younger siblings. And it had been late, so we fell asleep. We're deep in sleep, and our siblings had already been in bed, and we heard a voice out of somewhere, a voice that woke us, both my older sister and I. We woke up and I saw a little flame fling. If you remember back in the old days, those of you who are born in 70-ish or 80-ish, you'll remember there's a, a heater in the wall. And one of the blanks fell and sparked some fire. And we were awoken by a voice able to put down the fire, just enough for it to, to get any bigger. And we both looked at each other. Okay, mom and dad are at the hospital. There's no adult here. Our siblings are asleep. What was that voice? It was a powerful voice inside that we could hear. And for some reason that day, it was just amazing. There was a sadness, but there was a joy. And my sister and I kneeled down, and we accepted Christ on that night. Several hours later, my parents came home in tears, and they shared the sad news that my brother had passed away. And on that very night, my parents accepted the Lord at the hospital. I was struck with a very deep sadness. But at the same time, there was an overwhelm of joy and peace that the Lord, only through the Lord. So I'm here to share with you those two important dates for me that have impacted me and shaped who I am today and why those two dates. Sometimes in life, you hear the term of make lemonade out of lemons, right? But sometimes it's those circumstances that will bring opportunities for you to serve the Lord. And it is through our journey from Vietnam here that I'm able now to serve in the community and help settle families from other countries. I volunteer with World Relief and work and help with the Good Neighbor team here uh, to settle some of the families here. My parents have sponsored dozens of Vietnamese family after the war. 
And some of them do go to the Vietnamese congregation here. And through my brother's short life, he has brought my entire family to Christ. And that's amazing. And through God's work every day, there's a sense of peace, and I see his guidance in my life. So I share with you those dates to remind you that in our joy and in our struggles, God is with us, and he's there to guide us. And um, that's my story, and I'd love to hear any questions you may have. All right. So actually, we've been getting, I forgot to tell you this, they text in questions, and so we've been getting them as been okay. speaking. So I actually want to start with this one. Um, first of all, what does it look like? How did you get connected with World Relief now? Uh, and then what does that volunteering look like for you, or what could it be for them, potentially? Yes. So we got connected with uh, World Relief. My dad, after we had come to the U.S., was also a spokesperson for them and traveled with the, um, the leaders from World Relief to bring awareness to refugees. And um, we've always stayed in contact. Um, and just recently, um, through some of the opportunities here with the church um, being more involved, um, I think what it means for all of us here is there are such programs here where you can be involved. Um, you can um, get on their website where we leave Seattle. And, um, um, you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas is a great opportunity to go and, and look for sort of putting together gift boxes for them. They need linen boxes, toiletry boxes, just things like, um, you know, sheets, pillow, blankets, things like that where they have available so that they can um, gift to the refugees and asylum families. So that's one opportunity. There's multiple ways. Uh, they're always looking for volunteers during the summer to teach English as a second language. Um, they have child care program that you might be interested in. So look them up. Yeah, certainly. Uh, Steve Brooks, missions pastor here, is a good yeah. um, His dad's leading one of the good neighbor teams yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, the good neighbor teams are a really great way to get connected. And, and I mean, you mentioned it. Um, yeah, it's moving hearing the stories. I will say this too. Just this is not part of the Q and A, but pitch to you guys. Uh, they have kids your age. Uh, these families do, and they would love to have friends in a new foreign country. Um, so if that's something that you and or your family's willing to be a part of, it's a great way just to be good neighbors. Um, yeah. Okay, so a lot of questions. Uh, first one is just, how old were you when you came to America? I was nine. Uh, and then the follow-up question with that is, do you remember any, was there a feeling of a transition from being in Vietnam to, to America, and what was that like? Was there anything that was difficult? Yeah, I have to be honest. I was very fortunate in Vietnam where I was not very aware of the war. We were kind of sheltered from some of that. Um, and you'll probably notice the population of Vietnamese that come here during that time um, w come from very similar backgrounds where they have the opportunity to leave the country. Um, so when I arrived, I didn't hear much about the war until um, 
great school here. And, um, but I will tell you that it still has a lot of impact on me in terms of losing everything and shifting everything and the entire family and it's uh, the entire country trying to flee the country. So you could imagine the drama. Um, I came back and visited Vietnam about 10 years ago uh, through a business trip and um, as the plane is about to land, I could just see in uh, tears started to roll down uncontrollably and I was just couldn't control it and so the impact and kind of what that's left um, when it comes to your brother passing have you ever felt or did you feel in the moment any resentment toward God I'll start with that there's, there's more follows from it yeah um, not resentment I think I felt um, an uncertainty of why um, you know at nine years old you want to know why um, and yeah, certainly. Um, so following up on that, uh, what what was it? Oh, sorry, I just lost it. Uh, what advice do you have for someone that might be going through? You, you mentioned you were nine, but now you have your lifetime to look back at it. But what do you have for someone that's going through something where they can see it and go, I don't know why. Um, how can they manage that? Or how have you managed that? I, I, um, how I've managed that is uh, through the support of uh, my family. And uh, the church definitely reached out. Um, friends were an important part of my life um, to keep you grounded and um, to stay connected with the church. Yeah. Uh, this raises a question. I actually don't know. I don't know the answer to a lot of these, but I'm curious, too. Um, where did your family first hear about God or Jesus, Christianity? Was it from the family that sponsored you at Alderwood, or had you heard about it elsewhere? So we've heard about the gospel uh, back in Vietnam. My parents, um, there were lots of missionaries. So the seed was already planted way back then. But I think the the gospel and, and, and understanding it more was through Alderwood Community Church. Okay, this is, that's really good. This is a really good question, too. Um, a lot of us haven't had such a powerful experience that led uh, that led us to faith in Christ. How do you think people without such experiences can identify Christ their Savior? I'm just giving you a nice, easy question there, not, yeah. not heavy at all. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we all have different experiences. So, you know, I'm reminded, my kids remind me, Mom, we don't live in that era, or Mom, we don't live in that time. We don't. But you do have things that can relate to that. You have social media, which is a big impact in all of your lives. You know, uh, the pressure of being, you know, um, you know, whatever the nines is, whatever the best thing is. Um, there's a lot of peer pressure. There's a lot of stress. I think kids nowadays have more stress than I did when I grew up. I was outside playing and running around until... Um, dawn and then you'd come in you didn't have to you know have your parents watch you nowadays I remember when my kids were younger I'd, I'd have the phone and you know we'd say okay well I need to know where you're at I, I didn't have any of that so just the pressure of um, what's there in society today I think um, that's something that I could probably closest relate to me growing up and, and how it impacted me um, emotionally yeah that's so that's so true take notes um wild guess on who this this question came from you mentioned you have two kovi and one other which one is your favorite yeah who asked that one yeah so given the time of the day my kids will tell me mom i think zeus is your favorite now he's your four-legged shadow so that's my answer it's a good answer 
Sorry, Toby. Now we have to follow up Toby's question. <laughs> Do you have a good, embarrassing, or funny story about Toby? <laughs> Toby could speak at the age of, five, of 10 months gibberish and we would have recordings of her and she would be on the phone talking all the time and I'd come over and ask her something and she'd turn around as if she's in a deep conversation with her friends. <laughs> yeah, that's never stopped. Uh, now it's your fake Australian accent. It's the same thing. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll do one last one unless we get something really good. Um, how long did it take for you to, to have the U.S. and, and Linwood feel, well, technically Linwood's not really your home, but, uh, but this area, how long did it take us to, to feel like home? Well, it's been over 40 years, and I still say, you know, when I talk to my siblings or my friends from Vietnam, it's, we always say, you know, back at home, being back in Vietnam. So I think, you know, this is home away from home, but it certainly provided us a home here. Okay, I have a follow-up to that. Does, does that ever, uh, for you, does that ever lead to complicated emotions about things? Just as you process what happens in the world and here and there, does that does that ever leave you feeling a little bit torn between uh, where you would identify with? So that's a good question. Um, I was talking to my kids the other day, and, you know, yeah, there's a, you know, I think, I guess, fresh off the boat term back then, you know, if I first came over to the U.S. and they'd called me fresh off the boat or, you know, folks that came after 80. But I guess now you've got different terms, right? You can, you know, there's a term back then we would use like a banana. You know, you could be like white on, you know, on the outside and white on the inside. Well, there's a lot of that where I'm very obviously look very Asian um, and I think very American compared to to my friends back in Vietnam. Um, so there's definitely that um, complexity. So there's never going to be, you know, oh, well, I'm all, there's always that Asian American in me. And so there's that complexity uh, from culture perspective. So I don't think that would go away. Yeah, that, that's really good. I just, this isn't about me, but for me, that's encouraging to hear because the half Asian, you met my mother, so my mother's from Korea. So half Asian, half yeah. American. Uh, it does make things so complicated for me sometimes because I'm not really Asian, I'm not really white, and yeah. so sometimes it, it feels tricky. Okay. Um, yeah, so I don't know if that anyone else in here can feel that way, but but maybe if so, it, it's encouraging to hear that other people experience that as well. Tell you a story. When we lived in Vietnam, and uh, my other child, my son, Tafey, <laughs> I don't know if most of you may know him, he was born in Scotland, and I could remember... Uh, when we lived in Scotland, um, I'd have the Scottish come up and say, so what are you? And I'd be very curious, like, is he asking about where I'm from or what ethnicity? Because, well, obviously you look very Asian, but you have this American accent. So who are you? What are you? So, you know, it, it you know, it, I paused for a bit uh, before I answered him, but I think here in the U.S., you, you, you have that, um, you know, have diversity, right? And I think um, if you look back and you trace back to your ancestors, we're all not from here. You know, majority of us have come from other places. So I think that's the, the wealth and, and, and the beauty of, of being in America. Okay. I mentioned 
last question, but this truly last question. We'll wrap up. Uh, just what is God doing in your life right now? What, what's some place that you see him at work uh, or being encouraged by him? Well, God's uh, working through me and just uh, helping the um, the family from the Good Neighbor team uh, find employment. Um, and um, I think um, work with some um, college graduates right now, helping them with uh, in interns and in jobs. So just um, working through wherever I can serve. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, ASM, can you guys give Elizabeth a warm round of applause? Thank you. Thank, yeah, thank you so much for coming and sharing. Yeah.